Welcome back to the HR Ins and Outs for Small Business Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Filer. I'm also with your host, Cindy Filer, who's also my mom. And we will be discussing today the question, what's the deal with a four-day work week and should I consider it for my small business? And this has been something that when we talk to small business owners, they roll their eyes immediately until we tell them some of the studies that have been done and some of the facts and stats around it. And so, mom, I'm gonna have you kind of expand on a little bit of that question. Yeah, it's amazing how much pushback I get originally from CEOs <laughs> when I mention four-day work week. They're like, yeah, employees don't wanna work anymore and can't believe we've gotta pay them. And then, and then we start talking about how we can really use this as a hiring and retention lever. Now, I'm not advocating a four-day work week for all we don't the do people. It. So, no, we yeah. don't have it and we're not gonna do it. But <laughs> it's, one thing you can look at, we've talked on this podcast about different levers that you can use. Um, and this is just another lever. This is um, a study that was done in the UK and started 3,300 people. They went to, I think it was 27 companies for 3,300 people and asked them to kind of do a um, kind of a trial and have people work four days. And so when I normally say four days, a CEO normally thinks that's four 10-hour days equaling 40 hours in a work week. Well, what this study was is it was four um, regular eight-hour days. So instead of a 40-hour um, work week, it was a 32-hour work week, which is... Being paid... Being paid... A salary. For 40 hours for a week. For 40 hours a week. So again, working for less and being paid for more... The premise was, can we have the same amount of work done that most people do in a 40-hour work week in a 32-hour work week if we really focus? And can we give them some work-life balance? The, what this all stemmed from was the pandemic and mental health issues and um, people that are happy or not happy at work, prof, uh, productivity, profitability. You know, they wanted to see, how do we make employees healthier? And maybe the pushback was, we're working too hard, we're too stressed out, we need, to, we need to fix something because the mental health challenges are high. And so one of the things people came up with was maybe we work less hours, and that's going to help us. And so these 3,300 people in these companies, um, they were told, you only can work 32 hours a week, you have to do the same job you used to do in 40 hours a week. You just need to do it in 32 hours a week, and this is going to be for a set period of time. Different um, companies did it for different set periods of time, but after this trial period was over, um, a lot of people asked, how did you get your job done? And what most of the managers did was they cut out things like big meetings. They cut out a lot of different um, lunches and those kind of things, and so really the productivity time went up and the meeting time went down. And what they said was that um, the stats that came out of his productivity actually, when people worked 32 versus 40 hours, went up 13%. Happiness went up 14%. And what they considered flexibility in their life as an employee went up 16%. So it is kind of counterintuitive to think that we're working eight hours a week less and we're getting 13% more productivity. So again, it's confusing, but the theory is you spend less time at, say, the water cooler or talking to people because what they wanted to do 
is they wanted to be so productive that it wasn't taken away from them because they loved having that extra day to do things with their kids or to get the stuff in order at their homes or to go to their doctor's appointments. Um, and the general thought from the companies is that it was a win-win because not only were they more productive, but when they were there, they were more pleasant because they had gotten all those things done earlier. So, um, you know, the, the CEOs that I presented this to originally were very frustrated with it. They were like, you know, well, that's, I mean, is it going to go to three days? You, know, you should yeah. see people roll their eyes at yeah, this. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a big deal. but She'll she'll explain the concept, just the first four seconds of it, and you'll just see a like cumulative <laughs> shrug throughout throughout whoever is there. And, you know, maybe some, some verbal what, like you have to be kidding. Uh, but it is when you hear the facts and you hear the percentages, it really does sound like a good option. Okay, but to play devil's advocate, is there any stats that go against a four-day work week. I, I would think, you know, if you're putting people in 32 hours to do 40 hours worth of work, that might be stressful. Yeah, so the stress number did go up. Interestingly enough, that they were 14% happier, but they were 16% more stressful. And so the theory was, is if you did this over a longer period of time, would they be less stressful? because uh, we were less stressed out. And the reason why is because they kept thinking they were going to lose this benefit. And so they did wa- didn't want to do anything to lose it. You think it's losing the benefit or you think it's they need to work? Like they have to get their projects and whatever they're doing done in less time. I mean, they're losing eight hours of their work week. You know, they're losing one-fifth of, you know, of the time that they have to do something. Wouldn't they be stressed out about you know, what they have to get done? I think it was because it was the trial was such a short period of time because they became 14% more productive. Yeah. So in essence, if you think that you're losing one twentieth, one, you know, 20% of your work week, you would be 20% less productive. They became 14% more productive. So I think they overstressed themselves on the four days they were there thinking they weren't going to hit their targets. Yeah. So over a period of time, if you would keep doing it, you would probably go to where you didn't, what need to be 14% more productive, you just needed to be on par productive, right? And so you probably wouldn't work so hard to be plus 14 gotcha. when you were trying to get out from minus 20. So I think it would have just taken some time to get them regulated so they wouldn't have felt stressed out. Gotcha. So that's just my opinion. But I feel like over a period of time that they would have done that. But I think they were so worried about actually losing that that they wanted to be so productive so that the bosses wouldn't take that away after the trial period was over. Okay, that makes sense. And then the other thing that you know we've heard from the CEOs that have heard this before is they get nervous about where this is going to stop, right? Because it used to be that, I don't know how long someone brought this up, it used to be that it was six day. It was a six day work week. Yeah, that for was every, in 1926. In 1926, there was a six day work week, and then for everybody, sh- that for was everyone. the norm. And, and that it, was, and the first person that actually moved from that was the Ford Motor Company, and they were their first operation. They worked from a six day work week to a five day work week. And back then, it was kind of like, how can we get everything we need to get done in five days? Because it takes six days. So you think about that, 1926, I mean, that was, what, 100 years ago? Yeah. And and everybody just assumed that people would work six days. It wasn't even a thought to work five days. And I think the blowback was really big when the Ford Motor Company said, we, we don't want to stress these people out, so we're going to see how they'll do it five days. But you're wondering, like, at that time, if they were the only pers- people that were doing five-day 
compared to six day. It was. They were it. Yeah. They were then, revolutionary. Then what did that do to the people that they could get into the organization, right? Yeah. So did they get the best mechanics? Did they get the best engineers? Did they get the best, you know, those people because they were offering something that no one else was offering? I yeah. think so. I think so. Was, how did they get that information? Probably out? need to do historical really reference on the Ford company. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that, but you know, I think so. If we if we sit here in 2022 and we think we're not changing the five day work week because that just would be ridiculous, you know, think about what they thought in 1926. So again, I'm not saying that. I'm not advocating it. Not every company is going to be able to do it. But again, if you're a company that is looking for levers to get great people, I can tell you 100% on a very low availability job like controllers in the city of Atlanta, if you told me that you wanted to pay market rate for a controller, I would tell you that's going to be really hard to find. If you wanted to tell me that you're going to pay market rate for a controller and you were going to do a four-day work week, I would have a list of 100 people wanting to work for your company. And so it's a lever. You know, if you don't want to pay that high salary, if you don't want to be the highest person in the market, if you don't have the best employee benefits, if you don't have a great amount of vacation, maybe this is something you want to consider because it is helps you in the war for talent. And I think you know, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but you know a few CEOs who are thinking about transitioning to this yeah. and are completely serious in 2023 about transitioning this, Yeah, correct? we speak to Vistage groups, which are CEO roundtable groups quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And in one of the groups that I'm speaking to, and that group would have 15 to 18 CEOs, three of them are currently considering this as an option to get the best employees away from the competitors. And I think that's such a big tell. And you know, we talk about in another podcast, which you might have already listened to at this point, but the levers, right? And you've already mentioned it a couple times. You have to, as a small business, be thinking about the levers. Maybe this isn't something that you can do. Maybe you're a manufacturing company and you have to have people come in and you have to work five days a week. You know, But if you're a company that is a digital marketing company or you're a CPA firm, how can you set yourself apart from the competition and how can you get that talent that no one else is willing to get? And if you're willing to pay somebody a regular 40 hour a week salary at a at 32 hours and being able to have Fridays off or Mondays off could that dramatically change your retention could that dramatically change your hiring process I mean what would it look like to have a players that you can basically have for the picking you know so it you gotta think outside the box if you you want to be different you know if you're a small business owner and you're you're selling against the big guys, you got to think about outside the box about what you're offering, right? Same way with getting good talent. You've got to think differently than everybody else. And this is just one way somebody's starting to think differently. I mean, the government of the UK is thinking this is a good idea. And I understand that Europe is maybe a little bit different in how it approaches work-life balance than we do. But I mean, there may be some lessons in there we need to learn. And I'm guessing Um, looking at all the years of HR, I've looked, I'm guessing five years from now, we're going to look back and think that we're surprised we're having this discussion because we're going to have so many companies that are doing it. And we probably should have jumped on that faster three or four years ago. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that insight. And thank you so much for discussing four day work week looks like, uh, we'll be kind of talking about other levers and, 
Yeah, we can also put a lot of information and articles in the show notes. Yeah. Because there's a lot of information right now in the trade publications and in big magazines and newspapers about this and, and interviewing people that have been through it, not only from the company side, but also the employee side. So we'll put that in the show notes so that you guys can read all that information and all the studies and all the, all the percentages directly for yourself. Thank you so much for listening. And if you could subscribe and uh, keep listening and give us any levers that you want us to talk about, we would love to hear what you guys are doing uh, to you know, get the best hiring and retention processes for your organization. So we really appreciate it. And this has been the HR Ins and Outs for Small Business Podcast.